Welcome to Skills for Life, a podcast about high-demand jobs that are shaping future opportunities. This show is brought to you by the North Shore Schools Foundation. I'm Kira Dorian, your host and a North Shore mom. Let's get started. Today on the show, I am welcoming Kathy Bishop, PhD. She is the Chief Scientific Officer and Head of Rare Disease at Acadia Pharmaceuticals in San Diego. Kathy, welcome to the show. Thanks, Kira. It's great to be here and talk to your audience today. Yes. Okay, so tell us a little bit about what it means to be the Chief Scientific Officer and Head of Rare Disease. That is quite a title you have. So tell me a little bit about what you do. Yeah. So basically, I work at Acadia Pharmaceuticals, which is a biotechnology company here in sunny San Diego. And I've worked in the biotechnology field for about 25 years. Um, And what we do at Acadia is specialize in developing treatments or drugs for people with neurologic diseases. Um, And we have a drug on the market for patients with Parkinson's disease. We have another one coming along for Alzheimer's disease. But where I focus in the rare disease field is on finding treatments for patients with uh, rare neurologic diseases. And a lot of these can be genetic diseases. So for example, we have a treatment coming along that we hope to get approved next year for children with a condition called rat disease, um, which is a genetic disease that affects girls and it affects their neurologic functioning. So in my role, I'm really responsible for everything to do with developing that drug and getting it as a treatment for patients with that disease to help them and their families. Wow. What an important job you have. I mean, that's that's really incredible. So how how does a person become head of rare disease? <laughs> What's the path you took to get there? <laughs> yeah, it's been quite a path. Um, and I actually feel very fortunate to have the job I have. It's very fulfilling, as you can imagine, um, helping so many people. And uh, to be honest, when I started, I was in high school. I grew up in Canada and went to high school in Vancouver. She was very near Seattle. I had no idea that this job existed. So I remember being in high school and not knowing what I wanted to do at all and then falling in love with biology in 12th grade. So I went to uh, university, to UBC in Vancouver, and got an undergraduate degree in genetics and biology. And then uh, along the way, I um, was really interested in how the brain worked. So I kind of focused in that area and got my PhD, studying how the brain develops and grows. And then at that point is when I moved to San Diego um, to do something called a postdoc, which is after you get your PhD, you kind of do additional research focusing in an area. So I moved to San Diego and did my postdoc at the Salk Institute, which is a famous research institution in the U.S., and did additional work into genetics and how genetics affect how the brain grows. And then after that, I could have had a career in um, academics, so a research career at a university. But I decided I really, really wanted to apply my scientific skills to try to help people. And having moved to San Diego, um, very different than in Canada, there was a really emerging biotechnology field here. And so while I was doing my postdoc, I got exposed to that and decided that's what I wanted to do. So that was over 20 years ago now. I've worked at six different companies, being chief scientific officer for them. And really, it's a very fulfilling career. I love science and biology. It's kind of my core but I get to use that to discover treatments and then help do clinical trials and get these treatments approved to help people. So it kind of combines my love of science with my desire to help people. 
I love that. And I love the image of you in 12th grade falling in love with biology and now look where you are. Yeah. That's that's really cool. If I can't just add on that for students out there, it's not that that's what I knew I wanted to do. Actually, back then, I never imagined I'd end up in this right. job. And I never imagined that I would be doing what I do. I had no idea what was out there. But I kind of followed what I loved, which is that biology and science and um, feel lucky that it led me to this place. Yeah, I just think that's so wonderful to hear, you know, that that you don't necessarily have to know in yeah. 12th grade yeah. where it's going to take you, but you follow the passion and it led you to where you are. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. I, I love that. Okay, so tell me a little bit about how you see the field transforming over the next five to 10 years as our students are coming out of formal education and into the workplace. Yeah, so actually it's a, um, I'd say a super exciting time for the biotechnology field. I think that's sort of evident with everything that's gone on in the last few years with the COVID-19 pandemic. It's biotechnology companies like mine that were able to develop vaccines so quickly and I think really changed the course of the pandemic. Um, and that's kind of shown the amount of innovation and exciting science that's going on. Um, so I think it's a field that has a bright future in front of it. Some of the key themes that are driving that innovation, I think, are more interested in tools to look at genetics and study genetics. Um, so there's fields kind of adjacent to biotechnology, like bioinformatics, basic science and genetics that have exciting discoveries that lead to treatments. And then a real interest in different kinds of technology. So people may be aware, but some of the COVID-19 vaccines were developed with RNA technologies, which is an area I've also worked in. Um, so there's a lot of emerging science and new type of treatments as well. Wow, you're right. That is an exciting time to to yeah. be in this profession. I can't even imagine being in your field during a pandemic. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's like what you've been training for, but you had no idea you were training for it yeah. in that way, right? Wow. Okay. And so if students are interested, let's say we've got a 12th grader and they're in love with biology and they're they're right there in that seat the way that you were, what would your advice to them be in terms of things they should be doing now? What classes should they be taking? Which organizations should they be following? What kind of volunteering should they be doing? How can we get them moving down this path in a way that's going to help them succeed? What I would say, one of the things I like about my job too, is it combines a lot of different skills, which is I've worked at mostly smaller biotechnology companies. And one of the exciting things is you get to do a lot of different things. So I actually think it's really important to be well-rounded, even though I loved biology. I use math every day in my job. I use writing every day in my job. I use communication skills. So I would say, actually, I think it's really important to have strong general skills and apply yourself broadly, especially when you're starting out. And then the second thing is, I think I would encourage people to be open-minded and follow their passion, especially in the U.S. in high-tech jobs like biotechnology. The fields are changing so quickly. So actually, the job that you may end up and imagine in biotech may not exist today. So I think really applying yourself to whatever you do and following that passion is very important rather than focusing too early in one area. Mm. There's a lot of information out there now about new types of science and technologies, a lot on the internet to read. So I, I would just say kind of search broadly and whatever you might be interested in. 
um, for genetic diseases. For example, the NIH has great information and websites. There's good uh, podcasts and journals you can follow if you're interested in rare diseases and learning about them. There's organizations such as the National Organization for Rare Disease. Um, There's a World Rare Disease Foundation. Kind of reading about them on the internet would be great. Wow. You know, it's amazing to me how many people I've spoken with in scientific or mathematical fields that have said how important communication is. Mm -hmm. It's it's really interesting because I think we have these stereotypical views about, I don't know, engineers or scientists, you know, that they're huddled in a lab somewhere and they don't have to talk to anyone. And it's so not true. And I, I love that I'm hearing that theme come out that we really do need to make sure our students have great communication skills in whatever field yep. they're going to go into. Yeah. And, and I'll just add on that. When we develop drugs, it takes teams of, I'd say, anywhere from 50 to 200 people to develop the drug. Um, so it's not someone just working by themselves who magically does it. It's, a, it's really, really teamwork. And that's why communication is so important, because you have to be able to be well-coordinated and communicate well as a team. And then when you're talking externally, for example, if I'm talking to the FDA, who we need to um, work with to get permission to approve the drug, we have to write well-written documents that clearly communicate everything to them and have meetings with them where we communicate uh, clearly. So I actually think communication for no matter what you do in your career is like right up there for sure. Yeah. Wow. So it sounds like for this field, aside from great communication, you've got to love science. You've got to love math. (laughs) Anything else that you would say like the the perfect candidate for this field looks like this or, you know, embodies these skills? I think also being willing to be open-minded and learn new things. So it's a field that's changing every week. There's a new discovery, whether it's in genetics or biology or chemistry or something like that, that applies to our field. So it's being willing to just constantly learn and question and doing research on your own, I think is really important as well. Mm, I love that. Okay, so I would love to know, because you're in such an interesting profession that obviously touches the lives of a lot of people, I would love to know if you have like a most exciting moment in your career. I actually do. So I feel extremely lucky in my career and actually in my life as well to have led the development of a drug that now has the name Spinraza for a a disease called spinal muscular atrophy. Spinal muscular atrophy is a disease that comes in different forms. Um, but it affects infants and children um, and primarily affects their motor functions, their ability to move around um, and even uh, their ability to breathe in the young infants. So this is a fatal disease in infants. Infants with this disease die usually within a year. Um, There's a less severe form in which children cannot walk or sit. And Spinraza was just so exciting for me to have led the development of that drug because it saves lives and dramatically improves the lives of all these children and adults with this disease. And it's just, as I said, it, it wasn't just me. It was a whole large team and a lot of scientists working really hard, but feel really lucky to have been a part of that. Wow. Oh my gosh. That just, that's really heartwarming to hear. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you so much for joining me today and just sharing with our audience a little bit about the incredible work that you do. I really, I really appreciate it. Thanks, Kara. It's been a delight to talk to you. We hope you'll join us again and remember to hit subscribe to be notified about upcoming episodes. 
Join the conversation on our Facebook page, Build Skills for Life. That's Build Skills, the number four, and then the word life. Are you interested in advertising as a sponsor for this podcast? Contact us at podcast at nsdfoundation.org. To learn more about the North Shore Schools Foundation, visit us at northshoreschoolsfoundation.org. Thanks for listening.